Hello, this is Gidon Rothstein, and this is Perak Chaf of Sefer Mishlei, chapter 20 of the Book of Proverbs, and today we will be learning it with the accompaniment of the Vilna Gaon's commentary. I have in previous times that we studied the Vilna Gaon run way over time, and also said too much and spoken too quickly. I'm making great efforts today not to do that. I have tried to excerpt out uh, the most striking parts of the Vilna Gaon's commentary in this chapter, and hopefully, and therefore there will be psukim where I will just read the pasuk and read the translation, give a brief thought of my own, but will not uh, share anything from the Vilna Gaon himself. So pasuk Aleph will not be like that. The first verse is The JPS English has it as that wine is a scoffer, strong drink a roisterer. He was muddled by them, will not grow wise. The Vilna Gaon says, Leitz is not somebody, it's not that the wine is a scoffer, Leitz or that Chome Sheikha, that strong drink as a roister, but that one who, that most Leitz most scoffing, Leitz is a characteristic we've seen many times in Mishle, scoffing, unwillingness to learn wisdom, unwillingness to accept wisdom, most of that comes when people get together to drink from the drinking of wine, that the drinking of wine and the feelings that it engenders within us are likely to lead us to reject wisdom. So that's a late tayayin, somebody who chases after wine. Homesh is somebody who chases after strong drink or beer, common modern Hebrew, but any strong drink. And the Vilna Gaon then says, and whoever does that, whoever tends to go for those things, will not become wise. And he says, the Vilna Gaon, kach divrei tarashi kanespa me'at independent of wine. It's true of wine, it's true of strong drink, but even if one learns Torah, but let's late sanut in their scoffing or cynicism, you will lose a great deal of Torah from that very fact. Meaning that our attitude towards the study of Torah needs to always have a certain seriousness of purpose to it. It's not that there can't be any humor within Torah, but if there's late sanut and cynicism and rejectionism, that will be a definite problem within one's study of Torah. Pasuk bet naham kafir emat melech mitabro So naham kafir means like the roar of a lion. The terror of a king is like the roar of a lion. He who provokes his anger risks his life. And the point is that the fear of the king has to be with you even when he's not angry. And and let alone when he is angry. It uh, And if you run afoul of the king, you're losing yourself, uh, the possibility of losing your life because the anger of a king is like, could be like the angel of death. And the Vilna doesn't make the comparison, but certainly in other places he assumes that when the Mishli talks about Melech, he talk about Hashem as well. And then you could transfer this to those ideas. It's the honor of a person, the Vilna Gaon says, it's proper and appropriate to avoid fights. Whereas Evilim, this is a characteristic of Evilut, of, of people who don't understand the right way to live and don't understand the proper path of life, is that they tend to think, no, let's have the fight. And they want people to hear the fight, they want people to know about the fight. They think the other person, the other member of their argument will lose out. Therefore they say, no, let's, let's just have the fight. So we might as well fight it out. So that's what the Basque is coming to protest and to say that is a mistake as an error. Notes that what we're talking about here of the Atzel is that as soon as it begins to get cold, meaning Chati Kislev, the beginning of Kislev, is, is the beginning of winter, and as soon as it gets a little bit cold, even though this farmer person has not yet completed his plowing and the readiness and the and the preparations that need to be made for the following spring's harvest, or the yeah. Um, he won't do because he'll get tired and say it's too cold, I can't do it. But then what will happen is that when the katsir comes, when the harvest comes, he won't have anything. And so that's the simple reading, but the Velnagon is interested in this. The harvest we're talking about here is not in the Velnagon's reading the harvest of 
physical harvest of agriculture. It is the harvest of human life and human existence. And the Vilna Gaon points out that just like there's sort of a winter and a spring of, of harvesting, there's a similar thing when it comes to people. Although we tend to think of spring as being the beginning, in the context of agriculture, spring is sort of the end because when you harvest your previous efforts, the Vilna Gaon says there are three periods of life in human life. There's the days of rising, you may aliyah, and then there's amida when you're sort of at your peak and you've got your strength and you operate at your full potential. And then there are days of yirida, then there's the decline into old age and then eventually death. So striking to me is that the Vilnikon places man amida as being until you're 40 years old. That's the Pasuk in Pirkei which has been abaim labina, not for now, but that Mishnah at the end of the fifth chapter of Pirkei it's also particularly striking because it, it gives a rhythm of life that's not that different than the rhythm of life that we all live now, even though we all know that they had much shorter ex- life expectancies then. Here too, the Vilna The Vilna Gaon lived in the late 1700s. It was certainly not a time when all that many people, when, when the majority of people were living to their 80s and 90s, as happens much more commonly today. And so then you would have thought that if you talk about the first third of life, how long is the first third of life? I would think it's 20 years, 25 years, and by then you should be done with your Yimei Amida. But the Vilna Gaon doesn't see it that way. He says until 40. And the story is, again, these are stories, but the story is that it wasn't until he was 40 that he began taking on students, actually. So he's He's got a picture of human rising, which goes all the way until the age of 40. And then in your Yimei Amida, that's when it gets to be a question of the Atzel. Are you going to just rest on your laurels. An example in the financial world will be, let's suppose you have a person who tries hard, he goes to, I don't know, business school. These are examples already obsolete because of what's going on in the world. But let's say out of business school, he went to Wall Street, he went to financial world, and he made lots of money. And there he is at age 40, he's made enough money to last the rest of his life. So the atzel, so the, the, the excel in our Pasuk is somebody who hadn't made enough money, so he hadn't even plowed enough. But the question of the Lagoon is, here, will this person still be choresh, still be plowing, and involved in Torah, even in the Amida, and still doing good deeds, and still caring and worrying about what the harvest will look like? And he reads the harvest of the Zman Yerida as old age, when you won't have time, and it'll be just time to harvest the, excuse me, the result of your actions. So that's the question underlying this Pasuk for the Vilna Gon, is what do we do? In our Yemei Amida, in our times as full adults, what do we do with those powers? Do we invest them and continue to invest them to continue to try to grow our harvest of worship of God? Or do we just get lazy and let it slide? means deep waters. We've seen the reference to deep waters before. Other commentators notice that it means that it's hard to, it's not always simple to get the wisdom out of the people who are wise. But um, the Vilna Gaon says it's so deep. It's not a question of it's deep within the person who's wise. It's just deep in general. And then the only way to get it is an ish tvuna, which is that he's mevin davar mitoch davar. This is a common theme in Chazal, that the definition of tvuna is that you understand one thing from the other. But for the Vilna Gaon, it contributes to something we've seen him suggest before, which is that the only way to get to wisdom is what we call scaffolding, to build upon what came before, to get a new insight, and to move from that new insight to the next new insight. And then by building slowly and step by step, that's when the person can do it. And he has some member of a chazal where they talk about if you have water in a very, very deep pit, how do you get it out if you don't have a string long enough? So the ish navon comes and he ties one string to another string to another string. And then he can lower the pail into the water and get it out. So here too, in the in the nature of wisdom, and this is something we've seen in the Vilna Gaon before, he's saying that it has to be a step-by-step process. It can't be that you think you're going to leapfrog through the steps and get to 
the greatness of knowledge, the greatness of wisdom that you think you want to have, unless you go step by step. Pasuk Vav, Rav Adam Yikra Ish Chazdo Ish Emunim Miyimtsa. So he calls many a man his loyal friend, but who can find a faithful man? That's what Pasuk Vav is saying. Rav Adam Yikra Ish Chazdo. Many people call each other friends. They call each other somebody who they can expect to have kindness. But when it comes down to it, and this is the famous phrase in English, a friend in need is a friend indeed. So that is what. The Mishnah seems to be saying, and I'm not getting into the Vilna but that he says something along the same lines. That it's, the Pasuk is noting that for all that we tend to think that we have lots of friends, we have lots of people we can rely on, we have to wonder about how much you can really rely on the people around you when it comes to times of great stress. Pasuk Zayin, Mitalech betumo tzadik, ashrevanav acharav. So the literal meaning, Mitalech betumo is a tzadik. If uh, the righteous man lives blameless, he's Mitalech betumo, he's a tzadik, and then his children... Will be happy or blessed, and how they're happy or blessed isn't so clear in the pasuk. Maybe they'll just benefit from the legacy that he leaves them of that. But the Vilna Gaon relates this. I just I thought was interesting to the three things mentioned by by Noach as well. That it says Noach each tzaddik tamim hayabedora tavetalo kemitalech Noach. Vilna Gaon says, and he doesn't elaborate so much, but he says that these three words mitalech to is to walk like to walk with God. Bitumo is like to be a tamim, a whole, a complete, and a tzaddik is righteous, and that Noah had those three characteristics, and that's what we're talking about here as well, he's seeing them as three separate characteristics. So he doesn't mention them here, but we've seen on other occasions, it comes up in this chapter too, the Vendagon thinks in terms of Dibur, Machshava, Ma'aseh, we'll see other examples as well, he had sort of a tripartite vision of the world in here too, that would seem to be what he's talking about here, that you have in terms of categorizing somebody as being in some way an appropriately righteous person, there's the question of, are you mitalech? There's the question of, are you a tamim? And there's the question of, are you a tzaddik? So again, he doesn't elaborate, and we won't either, but that is a categorization that is worth sort of following up at some point. Sorry, The king seated on the throne of judgment can winnow out all evil by his glance. The literal meaning would just seem to say that kings have some better handle on what evil is and f- ferreting it out. But the God understands it in terms of Hashem, another a- example of him taking the things in Mishlei as being more about our relationship with God in the metaphysical sense rather than about this world in particular. When Hashem is sitting on Kisedin, so Hashem knows all the Rishim before him and what they're thinking, what they're all about, and that's what it's talking about here. Uh, and then in the Vilna Gons reading, that would mean this Pasuk is coming just to warn us to be aware that Hashem knows what's going on with us and not to think that we can fool anybody. So Pazik Tet Libi Who can tell me, who can say that I have purified my heart and I've gotten rid of all of my chataim here too? The Vilna Gaon introduces a three part distinction in terms of our Avodah Hashem and the parts that we have to cleanse ourselves from. And the Pazik is saying, who can say such a thing? So there's mitzvot lo there's transgressions. And that the Vilna Gaon says, you can try to, you can stop yourself from doing. Then there's internal zadon, and then there's not, you know, from doing at least on purpose. Then there's what's inside your heart. And there's also fulfilling all the mitzvot say, all the positive commandments. So in the terms of Mizareh, you had at the end of the past, the last possible Mizareh, and I've called Ram, that meant the lotas, the prohibitions, that you can really avoid. But Zakiti Libi is, I changed my hirure averot, I stopped myself from even considering sin, and that, the Vilna says, is much harder. That's what is saying. Who can say they really purify their internal thing? And that's an awareness of the cha- of that challenge, that religious challenge. And that religious challenge, the Vilna is very clear about. That, that it's not enough 
to not sin outwardly. That the real cha- one of the challenges of religion is to make sure that our insides are purified as well. And we don't think in terms of any kinds of sins or anything other than serving God. And then there's mitzvot say taharti mechatati would mean I have cleansed myself, purified myself from neglecting positive commandments. And the Vilna Gaon says, how is that chatati? It's a failure. So if you fail to do something, so he says, no. If you don't do a mitzvah, I say, shora alav. You sort of uh, inherit impurity or you're made impure by your failure to keep it. So I might have said that the failure to rise in our relationship with God is itself a form of tumah or something like that. The Vilna Gaon doesn't elaborate, but these three aspects of of one's religious existence are very important ones. It means then that there are people, for example, I've heard say, well, if it's not prohibited, then it's okay. But the Vilna Gaon is saying, well, it might not be prohibited, but is it what is, is there a mitzvah I say that you could be doing that you are now neglecting? And if you're neglecting it, that provides some kind of negative aspect to yourself. So, as another puzzle says, chacham levikach mitzvot, I think the Vilna Gaon is sort of echoing some of that here, saying there's the step of avoiding doing the wrong thing. Then there's the internally purifying yourself from wanting to do the wrong thing or thinking about the wrong thing. And then there's making sure they do all the right things that come up all the time. Just as the simplest example, learning Torah. So somebody's going to say, I have lots of leisure time. I have lots of time to do whatever I want. Well, have they fulfilled in some sense their measure of the study of Torah that they need to do? And if not, that would be tahar to me, who can say that I really purified myself from neglecting my positive commandments, and that would be true of chesed, of kindness, would be true of tzedakah, of charity, would be true of lots and lots of mitzvot say that I think the Vilna Gaon is, is referencing. Pasig Yud, Evan va'even, Eifa ve'eifa, Tovat Hashem, Gam Shnehem. So this at the simple little way is about a mitzvah in the Torah. False weights and false measures, both are an abomination to the Lord, and you might have thought that that was just what it is, and then you could have Rabbi Yoni, you could imagine asking why would Mishle just repeat what you already have in the Torah, but the Vilna Gaon, in his way, understands that the Mishle isn't talking about the ordinary human realm. It's trying to tell you something about your path of following God. We mentioned this earlier in this parak that it has to be slowly and it has to go slowly. So, Evan va Evan, Eifa Eifa, you have different weights and measures for how you try to define your Worship of God so that in your real life or in your general life you're in one kind of way you you know you have a stone's worth of a vote of Hashem whatever that would mean and then you try to jump and act in a world as if you're a two stone of Ovid Hashem that's going to be a problem and you're going to fall back and you're going to take a different path it's all going to you're going to be sometimes good and sometimes bad and that will lead to be Torah Hashem so it doesn't mean you shouldn't strive and you shouldn't try to outdo yourself and you shouldn't try to grow beyond where you are currently. He just means to say that it's a step-by-step process. So if somebody's going to say, I'm going to go from being, I don't want to give examples, but from X kind of Oved Hashem to being a Moksh Rabbein Oved Hashem, the Vilna Gaon is saying there's danger in that, there's problems in that, and it's not going to work out well. And rather what you should do is go step-by-step. And you see this in the Balchuva movement. There's two kinds of thoughts. There are those who think that they can just take on everything in Judaism all at once, but the general pattern in the in the Kiruv and the outreach movement, I believe, is to recommend to people they take it step by step, and that's what the Vilna Gaon is recommending here for anybody, let alone for those who see a huge path ahead of them, whoever it is, you have to build slowly, piece by piece, and only then can you succeed in, in growing and developing in the right way. So this is coming back to the issue of what goes on internally. We mentioned just a few second books. So the Vilna Gaon says it's coming to warn you not to think, who knows what's in my heart? So, So, in other words, he understands this to be that when you have a little child, 
parents easily know when that child is planning to get into trouble. And there's all sorts of ways you can tell them in their face or you can tell them the way they're behaving. They're because kids aren't subtle enough or, or devious enough to hide what they're doing. And so the Vilna Gaon says, and that's true of Hashem for us all that much more so since Hashem knows us, Hashem created us, Hashem knows what's going on inside of all of us. And therefore, just like a child will be revealed by his outward appearance or his outward presentation and his parents will seemingly magically know that he or she, this child, is trying to do the wrong thing, uh, so too we should be aware that our even though we might act appropriately, our internals are also an extremely important part of our profile before God and how God sees us. This is a continuation for the building Gon of the previous Pasuk that there, the ear that hears and the eye that sees are Hashem made them both and therefore Hashem can know what's going on inside of us as well by the ways we act and by knowing our internal uh, our internal insights. So don't love uh, sleeping. Building Gon notes that Chazal speak of somebody who falls, tends to fall asleep in the baby drash and they, Chazal say that his Torah is made torn up. So when I learned that once upon a time, when I learned that Gemara, I thought it meant that because you're dozing as you learn, you'll get a piece here and a piece there, and you won't remember everything. And then the Gom thinks it's that when you wake up again, the people, the other people in the group, in the study group that you're learning with, won't have waited for you, and therefore you'll jump and skip to join them, and, there, and then you'll learn something more, and therefore it'll be cut and torn in piece by piece, rather than one cohesive whole that flowed from one to the other, like the Gemara itself does. But if you lo- sleep all the time, the Vilna Gaon says, as Tivaresh, that's the Pazik here, right? Uh, you may become completely impoverished. You won't learn anything. Um, and, and, and the example that he gives is the Pazik that we say, the Gemara says, Don't think that if somebody says to you, well, I tried to learn and it just didn't work out. You can't believe that. People who try and put in the effort will in fact always see some bracha, some results, some fruits of their learning. But that, he says, is only in L'chidude. That's only of trying to understand what you've already learned. But in terms of memorizing things and really getting to know a lot of Torah, so there you need Siat and Shema, you need help from God. So the Vilna Gaon seems to be thinking that it's not always such that you can guarantee yourself B'kiyut. In any case, though, you do need to be making that effort and not just sleeping your time away. Simple meaning the Vilna Gaon says is that when people are buying things, they tend to look down on them and they say, oh, it's not so good, it's got a nick here and a nick there, and they're doing that because they think it's going to knock off from the price, and so they'll denigrate it to the seller to try to get them to knock off the price, but then when they go away, then they'll be all excited because they bought it, because they wanted it. And so the Vilna Gon says, it's also true about Torah and mitzvot, that when people and so now, it's not to the seller that we're going to denigrate them, but to ourselves, he says, that when you are involved in Torah and mitzvot, you should always say, so one thing he says, people say, oh, it's so hard, but then when they get to the world to come, they realize how great it was. But he says another possibility, he thinks, is that um, that you're also doing it so you can get more and better in here, too, um, by denying or denigrating to yourself the Torah you've learned. You say, I haven't learned that much. It's not, uh, it's not, I reject, it's not that Torah isn't good. It's that you're studying Torah and you're doing mitzvot, but if you say to yourself, I haven't really committed any real chesed. I haven't really done any valuable service of God. I haven't really shaped my character in the way that I'm supposed to. So then, over the course of your life, you'll be doing that. And then by the end, you will come to, when you get to Olam Haba, it'll turn out that you've done a lot of Torah study and a lot of learning because you're always motivating yourself that way. Now, I just will pause to note that the Vilna Gon says this and I, 
certainly he lived a life in which this was true. I think it might be true that a danger of this attitude is that one can come to always be dissatisfied. And that can have dangers of its own. I don't think the Vilna meant any of that, right? If you're going to become depressed about yourself and always see yourself as bad and evil and wrong, that could be dangerous in and of itself, and that won't be good. So Rabbi Yomer Koneva Zalo Azitalal, I think the Vilna is saying, I think all that he meant to be saying was that by adopting this posture within yourself about your mitzvos, with all the proper ways to stay not depressed and to stay happy and to stay able to continue devoting yourself to it is that by uh, having a healthy, realistic sense of how little one has accomplished compared to what might have been done if they only did it better, that can have positive aspects to it because by the time we finish our lives, it'll turn out that we bought great merchandise and we have a lot of great merchandise built up and we come to Hashem with riches to be judged for the good and to earn a, a wonderful share in the world to come. So, the little meaning, gold is plentiful, Jews abundant, but wise speech is a precious object. Vilnagon, again in his tripartite where he has three-part thing, says that zahav is money, basically, that you can buy things with. Pnimim uh, are very valuable, but they're not liquid assets, and you sort of put them into a storehouse, into a treasure house, and clay are things you need for yourself, for your life, to sit on, you know, chairs and furniture and clothing that you need, and those are all all good. So he doesn't even get into the end of the pasuk that much, which is kliyakar uh, sifte dat, lips of knowledge. He says these three things are and that we're saying that knowledge and wisdom and understanding is all part of building up that kind of readiness. And those are the things that we really use. The sifte dat, knowing how to speak, is what we really use in terms of getting what we need in life. Pasik that zayin lekach bigdo ki arav zar uvaad chavlehu, which the JPS has is. Seize his garment for he stood surety for another and take it as a pledge that he stood surety for an unfamiliar woman. Then they go and start with a halachic uh, notation that when it comes to a, poor, a person who has borrowed from us and is not willing to return it, we're not allowed to enter into their house to take a collateral, to take some kind of a guarantee to make sure they pay us back. And so to a shliach beitin, if, if I go to court and I say, this man borrowed, you know, $100,000 from me, he's not paying me back, I need to take some, he's got a Fabergé egg, and I want to take it as collateral. Shliach beitin, the court sends a messenger to do so, he also cannot go inside. But, if he's outside, he can take off his garment. He can, he can, um, remove his garment as collateral, he can take his clothing. That the shliach beitin can do, meaning, or whatever he has outside, but he can't invade his house. But for the RA, for the guarantor, it's not true. When somebody agrees to be a guarantor, so then they can actually come into his house. Uh, and the Vilna Gon says, and why would that be? The Kach Bigdo outside, person who agrees, and Arev here, he's understanding as being the person who agrees to try to train others in the proper way to go. And if he doesn't watch over them and train them in the right way, meaning these are the 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 uh, scary part of education, the scary part of being of agreeing to serve as somebody else's guide or mentor, if you don't watch over it, you the person themselves might lose their midot atovim. Um, and and then he goes into the whole discussion of character and what aspects of us, but we won't go into this now. So that is what the Vilna Gaon is going here. He's noting the halachic reality that you can take the clothing or the uh, the property of an aria of a guarantor more easily. Then you can of the borrower 
him or herself, and that's the danger of being an Arif, and the Vilna Gon is applying that to the question of when you one takes, undertakes to oversee other people or to try to help other people and guide other people, they themselves run certain risks, and they have to be aware of that, and therefore have to be very careful to make sure the process is going properly and appropriately. Pasuk Yudzayin, Arev le'ish lacham shakar, ve'achar yimalei pihu chatzatz. Arev le'ish lacham shakar. Sorry. He says, so the literal meaning is a person enjoys false bread, and then afterwards finds that his mouth is filled, filled with uh, gravel, with chatzatz. In other words, in those days, this is somewhat literal, meaning that if you wanted to bake bread, and you didn't have a lot of dough or as much dough as you'd like, what you might try to do to fluff it up or to pump up the volume on the bread is put in other things, such as dirt or gravel, and that will make it seem like it's a bigger bread, and it might at first taste good, but then when you're done, you have all the gravel left in your mouth. That's the literal meaning. Um, but but the Vilna Gon reads it as in terms of, of living a life of falsehood and lies, that you think that you're gonna, that you enjoy it and you share these falsehoods and lies, but then eventually they come back to hurt you or to haunt you. And the Vilna Gon relates to the study of Torah. To me, interestingly, because there are people who aren't good, and so they say all sorts of false pshatim, all sorts of false interpretations of Torah, and they give all sorts of wonderful drushim, wonderful discourses that sound so interesting and so exciting and people enjoy them, and they say all these chilukim, all these distinctions within Torah, and they do it so people will look at them and say, oh, what a Tamil Chacham, what a knowledgeable person, what a scholar, and they'll upraise him, but at the end, when you really go through their Torah, your mouth will be filled with gravel, you won't have anything from it. Uh, Think I think there are people like that still today, uh, but it's interesting to me that the Vilna Gaon knew of such people and knew of such a phenomenon. That there are people out there who will just say things, and it takes a and it's very difficult. As I say, this is a personal issue. When you listen to it or read it, you can either ignore it, but then other people will might be led astray by that. And if you don't ignore it, then you have to sit and you have to nitpick and you have to point out each place where they went wrong. And it's very complex. It's very difficult to do. I did it once with, uh, there was an article that came out on some halakhic. I've done a couple of times with an article that came out on a halakhic topic. The person got this and this and this and this and this wrong. And I just, you know, I had to sit down and write something up. But then people don't want to hear it. They don't want to bother reading it. It's like they always say in the New York Times, the mistakes are made on page one and the corrections are buried on page who knows what. Nobody reads the correction article and nobody bothers with it. So that's part of, I think, I think it fits into what the Vilna Gon is talking about here. And it tastes good, it seems good, but in the end, it's filled with gravel, and that's a problem to be avoided. So the literal meaning would be that plans laid in council will succeed, and you wage war with stratagems. In other words, that you have to, for certain things, you need strategy, and something you need tachbulot. And you need um, strategies. In other words, that for some things, it's not enough to take advice. So when it comes to war, the Vilna Gaon says, you can't just get advice in a war. You also have to think of our strategies of how to wage the war. And so too, well, as we've seen many times already in this chapter alone, so too with the service of God, you have to take counsel with the wise people, those who have already served God. But then when it comes to your internal struggle with yourself in terms of your Yetzirah, your lesser and evil inclinations, so there you need already, you have to make personal strategies to avoid um, to avoid falling prey to the Yetzirah. So, I'm sorry. 
Golesto, someone who reveals the secret, giving away secret is a base fellow. You do not take up with a garrulous man. This is a famous unlocked principle as well. There's certain occasions where you're not allowed to say things, even if it's not Lush and Hara. You're just not allowed to be telling non-private inf- private information that the person you're sharing with has no need to know. There's no need to share it. So that's always a question to think about in terms of newspapers, in terms of how we just share ideas and facts. You know, you leave a job. Do you say why? Well, it will depend. And even if it's an hour, it's just a question of sharing information. Some information is meant to be private, and one has to respect the privacy of that information. Somebody curses, one who reviles his father and mother, light will fall, fail him when darkness comes. If the Golden reads it in terms of Torah and Mitzvot, that's just the interesting point that I want to make here. I want to move on. But that the father is assumed to be the one who teaches Torah, the mother is the one who is doomed to teach Mitzvot, and that's why the possible refer to Yidach Neiru Beishun Chosha. When you lack the, when you come to darkness, which is the lack of Torah, your Neir, which is the Mitzvot that your mother taught you, will go out as well, and that's a topic for its own. Chav Alav Nachalat Mivo Heled Barishonav Acharitach Lotivorach. The an estate acquired in haste at the outset will not be placed at the end. In other words, that if you are learning, the Vilna Gaon says it's if you're learning and you're just trying to get through it for the sake of getting through it, you're listening to this year and all you really want to do is get to the end, you're not really paying attention, so you won't really get any uh, blessing out of that learning anyway. And rather what has to happen is that one has to, even if one is in haste, is in rushing, one has to give something the proper time that's needed, otherwise it won't have any value, won't go anywhere. al don't think that you're going to repay evil that people do to you with evil that you do to them. Rather, you should just wait for Hashem to take care of it. So there is a strong element to this. The question was always how much to live by this, how much, it's almost like turning to the cheek, which we don't really believe in. So to what extent and what occasions do you need to respond to attacks upon yourself? And when don't you? And so too, he says, it's about, let's say, don't, you can't ever give up on yourself in terms of your voter Hashem, and you can't ever say, well, I've been so evil, I've already done this, there's no way I can ever turn around. So you should never say that. Rather, never say, I'll just complete my evil. Hope that Hashem will help you out, and Hashem will in fact save you. We've seen this idea already in this chapter that Hashem or uh, that abomination, false weights are abomination to Hashem, dishonest scales are not right. And the Vilna thinks that if you have two ways of worshiping God, one in front of other people and one for what you do yourself in, internally, what people don't know about you and how you act internally, so that's going to be a problem for Hashem. And therefore, you should avoid doing that. You should be a You should be similar and act similarly when you're in private as opposed to in, in the way that you would act when you were in public. Right? We've seen Psikim like this before. Man's steps are decided by the Lord. What does a man know about his own way? And the Vilna Gaon says, this is talking about your actions, Pilot. person, when he gets to be wise, thinks that, that you do stuff, and he's going to choose, and he's going to do whatever things, and that might not work out the way he wants it to. So that the person should know and when it comes to doing things, Hashem will help him in the right way. And therefore, uh, as long as he has the right intentions internally, Hashem will make it all work out the right way. And therefore, you shouldn't worry too much about it. That needs to be contrasted, not now, but that needs to be contrasted with the question of how much and where we need to do our own efforts and we need to be trying and striving and what things that happen to us are challenges that we should overcome and what things are not. I've spoken about this, I think, in Mishle already, so I won't go over through it again, but that underlies some of what the Vilna Gon is saying, that when we trust that Hashem provides Mitzah Degafir, provides our our steps, we have to think about how that really works. Puzzle Kodesh 
it is a snare for a man to pledge a sacred gift rashly. JPS does notice that, note that the Hebrew is uncertain and to give thought to his vows only after they have been made, meaning everything has mukish adam yala kodesh and after you make the vows, that's when you're going to critique them and think about them. So the Vilna Gaon says that when you have something happen to you, mukish adam, it generally implies that you have prior to this. In other words, let's say a person finds themselves unable to keep Shabbos. Just an example, you're driving, should have taken you an hour to get where you were going, you left yourself two hours, ends up taking you three hours, and then you are stuck and you don't know when you didn't realize and you end up violating Shabbos, whatever terrible thing. The Lord is saying, the, the Pasuk here is telling you, you shouldn't think that it just happened on its own. You have to check yourself. One thing he says is, you might have made the Darim and not fulfilled them, and that's a off a common cause of things like this happening, that when you when you've transgressed something, lichora mistoma, you should assume that you've done other averot beforehand, other sins beforehand, and that because of them, that God brought this time of failure to you. That a wise king winnows out the wicked and turns the wheel upon them. That part of being a good leader is to understand that there are maybe evil people in the kingdom and getting rid of them will be of value to the entire kingdom for turning them around. But certainly getting rid of evil is part of the important functions of leadership. There's a famous passage that the human soul is like a light of God and it checks all of the parts of your soul. And this is again another example of, for the Vilna Gaon, at least of the expression of the idea that Hashem knows what's going on inside of us. He understands our insides and therefore we should be careful about how we think and we should try to train how we think to be a more godly fashion. That the king, faithfulness and loyalty protect the king and he retains his throne by faithfulness. And an example of the idea that real rule and real stability of rulership, we in America sometimes have eight year, always have eight, four or eight year presidents, so that's not a question of stability because they'll go on. If you have a bad president, the worst they'll do is he'll be around for eight years and then he'll go away. And that factors into the president's feeling. But if a president felt, I'm going to be in this job for the rest of my life, I think that's what the Vilna Gaon is saying. In those cases, kings and presidents will then be very clear, or by and large should be very clear, that it's better for them if the proper virtues were upheld within the kingdom. I am running out of time. I'm trying to avoid the 38 minutes that I usually see on my thing. I don't want to burden you with me for too much, but I will just note uh, here in the in Tiferet Bacharim Kocham, the young men rely on their koach, on their strength, whereas Hadar Zikinim, the glory of the elderly people, is Seva. If you translate that into Torah, as the Vilna Gaon does Torah or the worship of God, but here he talks about Torah. So there's koach and there's Seva. So koach, uh, which is until the 40 year mark, right? So Vilna Gaon again, strikingly, imagines that we are Bacharim until we're 40, uh, a vision of the course of human life, which is just, I think, very interesting for somebody who lives in the 1700s. So until then, it's better to gather and to put together knowledge and to build more and more knowledge. But then, Zekenim, their Hadar is in, uh, in Seva, in developing wisdom and understanding and deeper insight into it. So the rumors are that at the age of 40, the Vilna Gaon said something like he had now learned all of Torah, and he spent the rest of his life trying to put it all together and starting to write and starting to teach and all those kinds of things. So that's Pasuk Chavtet, Pasuk Lamed, our last Pasuk. Chaburot Petza Tamrok Bera Umakot Chad So bruises and wounds are repayment for evil, striking at one's inmost parts. So the Vilna notes just has this whole six-part version here of the, the members of the Jewish people. So Chaburot Petza Tamrok we'll get to that in a second, but 
there's the heads of the of the of the nation. There are the who are the Roshechem, and then there's Shoftechem, the judges, and they're like the eyes of the nation. There's Ziknechem, the elders who are like the heart of the nation, and they're the, the ones who learn Torah, teach Torah to the Jewish people. And so that is both the heart and the mouth, because Torah should be the Vilnagon says the written Torah is in the heart, and it's very deep and very uh, hidden away, you don't really fully understand it. And then there are three kinds of wounds that we can get. There's open wounds, and that'll be like where blood is flowing. Then there are bruises, where there's blood, but it's gathered under the skin. And then there's makatria, there are internal wounds, and those aren't seen at all. And the Jewish people have that as well. You have Rishayim who are outwardly evil. You have evil people who are only do their sins in private, but that's still a problem. Imagine if you had an entire Jewish people where everybody keeps Shabbos and all the other mitzvahs in public, but in private they're doing all the wrong things. There, You have that in Yoshiahu's time. Chazal understood that Yoshiahu tries to get rid of all the Yavodah Zarah, but he only succeeds in getting rid of the public of Avodah Zarah. But people in private manage to find ways, even though he sent investigators around, they found ways to hide their Avodah Zarah. And the third is that they are... Evil in their thoughts. And then there are three kinds of refuah. So, those three kinds of, of, um, of wounds, those three kinds of problems. And then there's three ways of the worship of God and of three kinds of, of refuah. There's those people who can be completely purified themselves until, and this is the Vilnagon very typically rejecting pleasures of this world. And he says that they're so full of understanding of God that they don't care about anything about this world. Then, the people who aren't so great, they still love pleasures of the world, but they manage to control themselves and break their passions for those things, even though they still want them. And then there are three people who can't really control themselves and they can't really break their passion, but sometimes they manage to control themselves. And those would be the three kinds of things. You have open wounds, those are the people who sometimes control themselves. You have bruises and you have internal wounds. And all of this is what the Vilna Gaon understands the Pasuk is saying, is just be aware of these three kinds of wounds we can bear, these two kinds of flaws we can have in our Avodot Hashem, and obviously we should work to try to heal them, because the more healed we are, the better off we will be in terms of our service of God. And I close again at the 38 minute mark. It's been 20 prakim, it's probably time for me to just give up and understand that I can't do a chapter of Mishle in less than 38 minutes. Have a great day.